Welcome to one of these years, our Detroit Lions podcast. I'm Chris Burke, joined by Nick Baumgartner, and uh, something completely different this week. <laughs> yeah, How about it? Hey, uh, the first win in podcast history. Yeah, um, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> so the Lions uh, with a dramatic uh, last second week three victory against Arizona that, I don't know, Nick, is this a... This feel like a season saver to you? I mean, how how big a victory was this for the team? Yeah, I mean, probably like a total disaster saver, right? Like, just I don't know, if, <laughs> right? You know, it depends on what you want out of the season, I guess. Uh, if if we're going to talk about season saving, but you know, in terms of, yeah, I mean, suddenly going into you know next week and then the bye looks a lot less like oh god, like everybody <laughs> everybody be on like high alert for anything that's going to happen here, uh, as it you know. Bottom line, I think, is, Chris, I mean, they they did some things that made a lot more sense, and they got some better stuff from some guys that they really, really, really had to get it from. So, yeah, I mean, I think that, like, season repairing, maybe, like, (laughs) it's a way to put it, and it's, like you said, the first win in, like, a calendar year. So, if nothing else, it just gets that out of your, you know, that taste out of your mouth, and you move forward here, and, and, you know, we, we thought all summer or once camp started, that, you know, the roster, the locker room and the coaching staff seem to be on the same page. I think, if anything else, uh, yesterday probably proved that that felt, you know, that feeling was probably accurate. So, you know, that's kind of where I'm at right now with it. Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, I'll mention quickly here, too, um, to subscribe, rate us, review us. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play. We've plugged in a few other spots. So, uh, again, as I always say, make sure uh, we're on your podcast network of choice and if not we'll get in there and uh, try to remedy that but we appreciate everyone who has uh listened so far but yeah i mean this was i think i think what you said is important they did some different things it certainly wasn't perfect there's a lot there that still can be repaired and and you know as i mentioned in the uh kind of the game story sunday night that that's sort of the ideal for a coaching staff like you want to win and have things Mm -hmm. that you still need to fix because I think it's easier to keep your players' attention that way. But they had to have a win for a lot of reasons. And up top, sort of like you said, I mean, if you get to 0-4, I think we're spending that week of the bye kind of wondering who's going to be here for the (laughs) fifth game. And now uh, I would assume this probably changes that. This probably at least kind of eases them. Whether they win or lose uh, next week against the Saints, this kind of eases them through that uh that time period um for better or worse i mean i'm sure there are yeah. some fans that maybe are disappointed to hear that but you know get they they needed a win just to kind of like you said get the the weight off their shoulders i do think that you know they even last year that second half of the season this wasn't a team that was tanking this wasn't a team that had just completely quit on its coach i mean they were right. still playing hard last year and so just from that aspect of it you know, they probably needed one. But to get into what you were saying, they did do some different things. I think mm-hmm. we saw uh, defensively, especially, the process was a little different than we saw in week one and week two. And, you know, they kind of reaped the rewards of some of those changes. Yeah, so much of, you know, Patricia's sort of specialty plans over the years have been quarterback dependent. And, you know, this felt like a quarterback dependent game plan in that they played a ton of zone, well, more than they normally do anyway. Um and, you know, really, when you think about it, the book on Kyler Murray sort of heading into the game was, you know, in the run game, he's terrifying. If he's allowed to get the ball out quickly in the pass game, he's really, really good. 
but if you make him stand in the pocket, and if you can pressure him, great. But if you make him stand in the pocket and read coverage, you've got a chance to really bother him. And I think that that's that's what they did, and and that was you know you know well devised game plan. But most important, I thought Chris was that you know the game plan was what it needed to be, but you know so was the personnel. Okay, like Tracy Walker and <laughs> right. Tracy Walker didn't have like his best game. I don't think Tracy Walker had some mistakes in coverage. Uh, some tackling issues, whatever. But like he played 100% of the snaps with Deron Harmon and Will Harris was the third safety. Probably how it should be. Jamie Collins was the inside linebacker, uh, you know, both in coverage reps and in just about everything else in terms of fitting. They were better in run fitting. They were better in mid-level coverage. They were better up the middle overall because David, I mean, I, I'm sorry, we don't mean to pick on people here, but like Jared Davis was on the bench and so was Will Harris and they had less mistakes. Sometimes that's all it ends up being, and it gives you a chance. And I think that that was so noticeable. Like this was Jamie Collins' best day as a Lion by far. Um, wasn't even close. Uh, I thought the linebacker rotation was much better. You know, again, I think I don't think Walker was perfect, but I think personnel was right. They had the right personnel out there. They played a lot of zone. They they made Murray you know make reads over the middle, and he ended up you know forcing a couple of errors, and then they just kind of eased into a win. That's that's I mean this is Matt Patricia football right here, right? I mean this is kind of what we think he he wants to do overall. Yeah, and you've got to take advantage when you do have those opportunities, and you know I we have our uh, ten observations coming out uh, Monday morning. One of the things I mentioned in there, they had three three hits on Murray basically the entire game. One was a sack that set up the Okuda interception. One was a hit. Jamie Collins came through and, and yeah. got him and forced the Duran Harmon interception. Uh, and the third one was Okora nearly had a safety and forced him to throw it away on third down from the end zone. So you only got three, three real big pressures on him and all three of them were mm-hmm. big moments in the game. And that's, that's the thing, you know, that those, they weren't taking advantage of those those pop-ups Mitchell Trubisky threw in week one, and then you leave the door open for a comeback. And uh, they got the three picks in this one. Um, two of them really, really nice plays. I mean, the Collins pick was just a, a you know him yeah. doing his job in zone. Nice read, nice play. The Okuda pick was – I mean, that, that was an Very incredible good. play. I mean, he had yeah. one like that uh, on his highlight reel from last year against Nebraska, Nebraska coming over yeah. the middle like that, diving. Yeah. It was almost the exact same thing. Nebraska is not the same as Kyler Murray to DeAndre right. Hopkins, so uh, that that's impressive to see him make that play. And yeah, it, it uh, I think you're right. I mean, I think it was it always is very quarterback dependent what he's going to do. And you saw like this isn't this wasn't going to be a game where they were going to they don't blitz a ton anyway. But this wasn't going to be a game where they just turned everyone loose and went after Kyler Murray. They wanted those four guys up front or three guys, five guys, however many they had on the line to just sort of hold their lanes, make sure Murray didn't escape. And, uh, you know, they did a, they did a really nice job. If DeAndre Hopkins was going to go for one twenty, one forty, whatever he ended up with fine. Just don't let, you know, don't let him go for 300 and don't let, you know, Larry Fitzgerald and Kenyon Drake and all these other guys beat you. So I think the game plan, you know, uh, again, it wasn't perfect, but I think the game plan worked. It got you, it really slowed down that offense. It forced some mistakes. It got you to the fourth quarter with a chance to win. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you've got to be happy with how it worked out. This is why the Mitch Trubisky thing is so strange because when they play, <laughs> when they play, yeah, I mean, like when they play these inexperienced guys or guys that are, are going to make mistakes if you just sort of let them kind of sit there and, you know, kind of 
just maybe think themselves into a mistake, some of the younger, more experienced guys. It works. It, se- it seems to work, even though the Trubisky stuff, as you said, I guess when you're dropping interceptions and things like that, you're going to leave the door open. But, yeah, I mean, the plan made a lot more sense than it did last week. I'll say that. You know, last week's was a real head-scratcher. I didn't really understand it, even though, you know, Green Bay is just, I mean, you saw in Sunday Night Football, um, they have weapons all over the place. They are incredibly difficult to defend, no matter how, you know, efficient or inefficient you are defensively. But this felt like... You know, classic Matt Patricia football. This game felt, Chris, a little Patriots-y uh, to me, a little. It was, you know, sort of just squat in there at defense, let them sort of work themselves into some mistakes, and then take just enough advantage of it, and you get out of there with a win. I don't think the Lions played spectacular football no. by any stretch, like you said at the top, but they didn't make as many mistakes. They sort of flinched the least, right? The, the Cardinals flinched last. That's, I mean, if we if we go back through all of... <laughs> the New England era when they were really rocking and rolling, I would say a large percentage of their wins are oftentimes because the other team just screwed it up and they didn't as much, and then and then they go out of there with a win. That's sometimes that's all it takes, and sometimes that's all you need, and and that really kind of is what it felt like to me overall. You know, kind of watching through it. Yeah, and it, it's tough to uh, you know I rewatched a lot of the uh, the coverage reps uh, mainly because I was trying to keep an eye on Larry Fitzgerald who had mm-hmm. no receiving. I mean, I think he yeah, had one time, or right? two receiving yards and they gave him zero. Cause I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he gained a oh, yard okay. on the little, like uh, the little rub route they ran to him. Daryl Roberts made a great tackle. Uh, oh, they marked sure, him yeah. down for zero, <laughs> um, yeah, right. but I wanted to go back and rewatch that. And that, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to see exact coverages until the NFL gives us the all 22 film on, yeah, you know Tuesday usually, but it did look even at the end of this game. I think that last Arizona possession, I think they were in. Uh, I mean, I think they went into some cover two man stuff. Like the deep shot Murray threw on third down was, you know, it was a cornerback running with the yeah. receiver and a safety dropping. I think it was Will Harris dropping over the top, and then you know I think they switched into some man stuff late there because even in this game. You know, I, I think Matt Patricia wants to be when he knows he needs to the defense needs to step up and just sort of hold the line, that's mm-hmm. what he's gonna play. He's gonna go into the press man, he's gonna just sit in that. Um and so I think that they still did that. I mean, they still played a lot of man in this it wasn't yeah, all yeah. zoned, certainly. Right. Uh, you know, they still played a lot of man. But yeah, obviously the zone coverages um definitely took away the middle of the field. Uh Kyler Murray had almost no success throwing over the middle of the field. That's where a couple of the picks were, you know, he couldn't get Fitzgerald going at all. So you force him mostly the perimeter. And I think what you said, it's, it was huge the way that this front seven, especially the defensive line play just to really pin him in, uh, play really disciplined football. You know, they gave up four yards of carry, but it didn't feel like anything. You know, I think the the long run for Kenyon Drake was 15. Like they didn't get gashed on the ground. Like we've seen him uh, in, in recent games. So, I think everything really played well uh, up front. And, I, you know, it obviously helps to have Colin, like you said, Collins played really well. I think Danny Shelton played really well. Um, Deshaun Hand had some big plays. So there were some guys that we've kind of been waiting on uh, right. who stepped up and, and did it. And, uh, you know, some of that's just individual performance and some of that's that all of it kind of fit together a little better um, than it had in recent weeks. Yeah, I think that if you go back and look at um – some of those, some of those early, you know, when when Arizona's trying to establish the run, maybe earlier in the game. Um, when we go back and look at, you know, the first couple of weeks, if they've got, you know, and again, I don't want to spend this whole thing picking on one guy, but you know, last week at times, 
you could watch Jared Davis fit from the middle, and a lot of times, what and Patricia said this a thousand times, he plays so fast that it's almost it's it's not almost it absolutely is too fast. Like there's times where he'll slam through a gap, and he won't. It's almost like his eyes are closed, and he won't be able to disengage. And then a play that should be like a three yard gain ends up being like a fifteen yard gain because there's nobody there. Where if you watch Jamie Collins fit in the middle yesterday, you saw him being deliberate but also quick. Right? I mean, they were, he was making reads. He wasn't overextending himself. He was in position to make plays. They took away a lot of the the easy stuff. The Lions had been just giving teams because they were blowing, you know, they were blowing gaps. I mean, they were just missing. They were missing basic stuff in the first couple of weeks, and we saw that against Chicago. We absolutely saw that against Green Bay, and then the tackling on the back end, you know, oftentimes was messy too and didn't help. It just seemed like there were fewer critical errors. I mean, they, they made errors in this game, to be sure. Like, you know, Okuda is a great example of that. I mean, he wasn't perfect. He's continuing to learn. But when, you know, they needed him to be there, he was there. I mean, he made plays in the run game. Collins makes plays around the box. He drops back and gets a pick. I mean, Harmon dropped a pick, but also hung on to one. It felt a lot more like, you know, defensively what Patricia wants them to do in that, you know, just please just get to your spot if we're playing zone, I need you to be in your zone. <laughs> right. Please do exactly what I'm asking you to do, and I promise you guys we'll be fine. Like, that's what I feel like most of Matt Patricia's, without being there, most of his defensive meetings, maybe with a little more colorful language, are probably that right there. Please just be in your spot. Don't try to do someone else's job. Don't overrun this. Just do what we're asking you to do, and I promise you we'll be okay that's what that felt like to me. It wasn't, you know, apart from a couple guys making some really nice plays, a lot of that was just guys being exactly where they were supposed to be. And the ball came to them and they made a play. And, that, and that's sometimes it's that simple. It's not as complicated as you try to make it on yourself. And this has been sort of, I think, what Patricia has wanted this whole thing to be this whole time. And, you know, for one day anyway. And I felt like last year against Arizona, it was like this too, until the, the meltdown at the end. And maybe that some of that is Arizona not being maybe as good as maybe folks were ready for them to be this year, but either way, it just felt more like, you know, kind of what the Lions want to be. Yeah. And not, not to rehash things that I guess don't necessarily matter at this point this year, but uh, when you talk about the scheme, I mean, I do think Matt Patricia a hundred percent believes in what this scheme is supposed yeah. to be. And so when you talk about guys not doing their jobs, as we've said, like, that ties back to why Darius Slay isn't here anymore right? and why yes. Quandre Diggs isn't here anymore. And those guys, especially Slay, I mean, he is a very, very good NFL cornerback. Yeah. He and was awesome play, at the end of that game yesterday. Yeah. yeah, he was incredible yesterday. And we've seen him take over games like that, and he can lock down receivers. But if you go back through last year, you just find these random plays where maybe he'd try to jump a route and someone, would get behind, someone else that mm -hmm. he was supposed to be covering would get behind him. And one play like that, it just feels like it would send Patricia off the deep end, right. you know, and he just doesn't want to put up with any of that. And so you ship out those guys and you plug in other guys who maybe aren't as talented, uh, but, you know, aren't going to go outside of structure yeah. as much. And whether or not that works, I mean, it hasn't worked yeah. overall here so far. Maybe it starts to work. Um, but I mean, I think that that's true. I think that you're right. I think that the, he disbelieves in what the scheme is going to be. Um the Trubisky thing like that, I almost <laughs> just take those games completely out when I look at this and as I ask yeah. you this question, because they played, they did play a lot more zone. And some mm -hmm. of that had, as we said, had to do with just, you know, being worried about Murray getting out and escaping. But do you think any of it has to do with in Murray? You've got a second year guy and in last week in Aaron Rodgers, 
I mean, if you play zone too much against Aaron Rodgers, he's just going to sit there and yes. pick you apart. Like you're not going to confuse Aaron Rodgers all that much by playing zone. Um, no, so I think no. you've got to. I mean, is that part of what we're seeing here? I think so, and I think that part of it too is you know with Murray, he's a threat to run. So when you're in man coverage and your back is turned, and you know guys are chasing. Uh, it's easier for the quarterback to pull the ball and just get you know twenty yards colliding for free. I mean that playing zone more takes away some of that, but also yes, I mean the Lions, and this is the problem: they're not built in terms of depth or, or whatever yet. Uh, you know at what they want. You know obviously, like we said, this defense it's a bend but don't break situation. They're going to give you stuff uh, with you know in the middle of the field with the understanding that their hope is when it, when those windows get a little tighter as you get closer to the, you know, across the 50, it's going to get more difficult for you. But overall, they're just not, they're not good enough to, to do all this against Aaron Rodgers, right? Like that's the, that's the takeaway. They, they have to have different answers when it comes to quarterbacks who are, you know, of that ilk. However, when you're playing somebody like Kyler Murray, who is obviously, you know, supremely talented and like is going to be really, really good, but is also just a second year player, you know, there are things that you can do that make life easier on yourself, and I and I think that, that that was what we saw. We saw them, you know, be cognizant of we don't want to be in too much man because if he pulls the ball down and doesn't have anything, that's basically a third check down for him. I mean, a lot of times what we saw, you know, that Collins interception was a great example where, you know, his first read was down to the flat, and I don't know if they were in trap coverage or just basic zone, but Dale Roberts sort of peeled off the slot and sort of squatted there, and you could see Kyler Murray's eyes. You could see him look at Roberts. Uh, see him there. Nope. So he he turns his you know he turns his eyes right to that hook curl zone in the middle of the field to Fitzgerald and just chucks it at him. And if that's Jared Davis out there, maybe that's a completion. But it wasn't, <laughs> and it's Jamie Collins, and it's a pick because that's yeah. you know that's what Jamie Collins does. So yeah, they were taking away a lot of his easy stuff and making him you know making him go deeper into some of his progressions than he wanted to. And, and you know, so it makes a lot of sense. And and some of that is the quarterback isn't as good as what you saw last week. And it, you know, Murray is super exciting and is going to be much much better, I'm sure, as time goes on here. It still had some nice nice moments in that game. That touchdown pass he had was amazing. And then obviously the yeah, run on right. Okuda was ridiculous. But um, <laughs> poor Jeff Okuda, yeah, man. Right. And that I wrote I wrote brutal. in the in our observations for Monday. You know, the line there was. You know, Okuda's not perfect, but he he made some plays. And if you you woke up today mad that he couldn't tackle Kyler Murray in space, then you just kind of woke up looking for a reason to be mad at Jeff Okuda because I don't think there was anybody in Arizona tackling him there. But in any way, I mean, like it just the game plan makes more sense when you're playing a quarterback that can't do everything the way that the Packers can. I think part of it is the Packers are really, 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 really good, and the Lions have a long way to go. I still think they're, but this felt closer to what Chris and I. I think. Maybe maybe I'll get your take on this one. This felt closer to what I think we talked about or what we thought it would look like, right? Like in the offseason. This felt more like what we kind of expected both sides of the ball sort of overall. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, I think a lot of that comes back to what you were saying. This was the best Collins has looked. This was yeah. the best Harmon has looked. I think it was the best Shelton has looked. And you kind yes. of go up the middle there. Um, and, and you know, that, that's a huge impact for this defense to hit. Those are three guys that they signed to be the players that we saw on Sunday. Uh, and I guess the reason I asked the Rogers Murray, you know, man's own question is because I, you know, there's even right now on, on Twitter, people are kind of wondering if they turned a corner like Matt Patricia, you know, quote unquote, <laughs> learned a lesson from his mistakes. And they're going to bring it. in Drew Brees on Sunday, who's yeah. not really throwing the ball downfield a whole lot. 
And I have a feeling we're going to see him go back to a lot of man. You're going to see yeah. Jared Davis on the field a bunch because they want to run the football with Kamara. And like it's going to look a lot more like it did against the Packers. Maybe not, but I have a yeah, feeling we'll it's going to look a lot more yeah. like it did against the Packers because Drew Brees, if Drew Brees wants to take off and run, uh, you know, have at it. Go, go for nuts. it. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, go you're, run. you're not going to worry about that sort of thing, right? So I don't necessarily think you're going to see him play, you know, 50% zone against the Saints. Um, as we did, you know, I don't know. I don't think they got all the way to 50% against the Cardinals, but certainly more. I think it's going to look maybe more like it had. And again, that's just back to the idea of this is going to be pretty quarterback specific. I do think it's fair to ask if that should be the case. I mean, yeah. maybe you just, maybe this is what you do really well. So this, you should I, just play that. But um, again, I don't know that it translates as well against a guy like Aaron Rodgers as it did. Uh, against think, Kyler Murray. And I don't know if Aaron Rodgers, maybe Aaron right. Rodgers just is in his own conversation too. You, know, you take Mr. Trubisky out for some reason right. and he take Aaron Rodgers out and then you worry about everyone else. It's just so funny. Like I, I, you know, obviously all these years I spent, I've spent covering Michigan. We've had so many of these questions and talks with Don Brown, right? For those out there that watch Michigan football about where Michigan would be 99% man coverage and never play zone and people would just <laughs> lose their mind. And you'd be like, well, why, why are you doing this and blah, blah, blah. But a lot of times it's just, I mean, some of these coaches, and sometimes they're not wrong, like man coverage is usually the easiest one to play. And oftentimes if you got guys who can really do it well, it's the hardest one to beat if you got guys who are really good at it, right? But I think ultimately as these offenses, and especially with the run game, and that's the other part of it, if you're if you're sitting back in some of these softer zones, a lot of times what ends up happening is, is you just get you know, the ball run down your throat. And we've seen that happen too. And teams are super paranoid about that. And sometimes in the NFL, I feel like they get a little too paranoid about it, or at least Patricia does. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Definitely. Yeah. But I mean, I think ultimately the answer is to just be more, un- just be less predictable. It's just like, that's, that's the thing is we see those numbers, whatever it ends up being, if it's 55, 45 or 60, 40 or whatever. Um, if you're, if you're playing, you know, a couple different zone looks at different times of game when they expect you to be in man, do that. Just you know when they expect you to be in certain situations, so give them something they haven't seen. I think that's you know as they kind of go forward here, and maybe they're you know, and again, I think as we talk talk through this over the you know this season and then the off season and the last season, a lot of times it takes Patricia, I think, sometimes to maybe convince himself that you know these guys can be trusted to run more than just you know three calls. You can do other stuff with them and they'll you know maybe they'll maybe they'll make you look smart on it if they if they do their job and I think that that's maybe the lesson or the takeaway here is it, you know maybe be a little more balanced maybe give them something a little different to look at once in a while like that's the takeaway with Rodgers we watch that game and you watch you go back all the way through and watch every rep they had and the number of times Aaron Rodgers looked like he was second guessing his first instinct out of the snap was like two I mean, he knew exactly what they were going to be in like <laughs> right. every yep. single time and knew where he was going with the ball before the play was snapped most of the time, and it worked more often than not. And then Packers dropped a bunch of passes in that game, and he wasn't perfect either, but you could just see it from how he was reacting. He, they knew exactly what they were getting, and I felt like the Bears did the same thing. And that, Those are two teams that know the Lions really well. The Cardinals know the Lions a little bit, but at the same time, it's like if, if you're being a little less predictable – but that goes that ties back into the overarching conversation. If you're trusting all eleven to do what you've told them to do, and I think sometimes Patricia needs to trust them a little more, um, you know, maybe it pays off for you. And I think that they have the guys out there now. If you're going to get Collins playing that way, if you're going to get Harmon playing that way, it helps a lot. And 
you know, if you're trusting guys to be in those spots and kind of pay it off for you, you know, maybe it, maybe it works out in the end. Just be a little more flexible. I think maybe that's the maybe that's the lesson there. And if there is one to be taken away from him, you know, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, and I think there were a lot of those moments Sunday. You know, just to go back to the Fitzgerald. Uh, them being able to shut down Fitzgerald, you know, that was Daryl Roberts had some man coverage there. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of zone looks for him, but there are also a lot of times where they were in their, you know, kind of their man match yeah. where Fitzgerald would release vertically and like Amani Oruwarie would swap with Daryl Roberts and he'd run with him or Collins right. would end up running with him. And, and Tracy Walker had him a few times. I think Okuda wound up. So, you know, it was, you've got to have everyone. It can't just be one cornerback has a decent game. Uh, or, you know, Duran Harmon plays well, but nobody else knows where they're supposed to be. Right, <laughs> I right. think, you know, you end up with with it looking like it did in the fourth quarter against the Bears. So, yeah, I think there certainly was. Just from that aspect alone, there was progress. And then you talk about folding back in Desmond Trufant, hopefully, in the near future. And, you know, Jaron Curse now is eligible. So, you, yes. you know, you've got some... There's at least something to build on here, which there really hadn't been coming out of that Packers game. There were not many positives in that Packers game. No. So now you've got something to take forward and and try to let it uh, snowball a little bit on defense. Uh, offensively, I you know Matthew Stafford said after the game, we probably should have scored 40 points, and I yeah. I think he's right. I mean, I <laughs> think that yeah, the I offense agree. looked better. It looked more like it did last year, but. It's he's still not all the way there, and I don't think it's still all the way there yet. Uh, but you know, to get twenty six to march five minutes and win the game at the end, when you're not exactly clicking on all, you know, firing at all cylinders, I think is is probably progress too. Yeah, I mean, Darabelle had a good day, I thought overall, and I know people were getting a little antsy and a little upset um, in the second half when it was either they were down or, or what have you, and they were still running the ball. But that's that's what they want to do. And I thought that the plan really made a lot of sense. I think all of his plans this year made sense. I think he's had a decent season. I, don't, I mean, if people are upset about Daryl Bevel, I don't know if that many people are, but I, I don't, I wouldn't be. I think he had a nice day. The double tight stuff that they ran was all really good. Obviously, we, we saw the Jesse James, the arrival of Jesse James finally. Um, <laughs> but all of that was really good. You know, you saw that the first one where he leaked out in the flat and got a big play. Hawkinson was open on that too. Uh, the thing they schemed up down by the goal line where they kept all the heavy guys in and made Arizona spread the field and they just ran a little rub route and got him open. That was good. Stafford missed uh, James in the end zone on kind of a high-low thing where Arizona went all the, you know, everybody went with Hawkinson. James was open in the back. Stafford missed him. I think we saw Jamal Agnew, you know, his appearance. I mean, obviously there was a couple times those gimmick stuff. The gimmick stuff didn't quite work maybe the way they wanted it to, but his presence sort of in the game, he had that catch to start that last two-minute drive of the first half, and then his motion on the backfield created all that space for Galladay in the middle on that touchdown pass. Everything worked the way they wanted it to work in this game. It wasn't like super explosive. It wasn't flashy, but they every, whenever they needed a call or whenever they needed to kind of dig into their bag and find something, they had it. And I think that that is the takeaway for me in that everything made sense. I understood what they were doing with the run game. You understood, you know, Peterson's the, Peterson's the guy, if you're going to run downhill, he's in the game. Carrion Johnson is kind of a third down back now in terms of, you know, his pass protection has been very good. Swift's reps, I think, get taken away a little bit in this game by Jesse James and maybe even Agnew, but he's also a piece you can use in there. It seems like Bevel is starting to get a really nice grasp of what he can do with all of the guys that he has at his disposal now that Galladay's back as well. And again, like you said, Stafford still 
at times looked a little late with the ball, but other times looked like he knew exactly where he needed to go. There were a few times where it was like, maybe stop locking on Amendola so hard right still, but it looked a little bit better. And I just thought the game plan overall made a lot of sense. I think that they were patient with it. They didn't panic. They didn't freak out. They they went in there with a plan. They did exactly what they wanted to do. And they had an answer every time they needed one. And it was just enough. And, and like Stafford said, I mean, it probably should have been the forties. They had enough stuff schemed up to where they should have had more, you know, they left yards on the field just like Arizona did. So, uh, also something that you can look at and say, hey, you know, that's good. That's where you want to be. And if Stafford can sort of flatten out a little bit more here, um, you know, maybe we can see a situation where they go into play the Saints. And if they have to score in the 40s to win the game, maybe they can do it. And that's kind of what you want to, you know, where you want to be. Yeah, I mean, I think that they have the weapons if they want to go, you know, just yeah. go play up-tempo the whole time and throw it 50 times. You probably can put up a bunch of points. But as you said, the 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 run game is so important because the play action is just such a huge element yeah. Right. Of this offense, and we've seen it really work. I mean, that's how they're getting TJ Hawkinson open. You mentioned Agnew has a weapon there. Um, you know, it, it keeps paying off for them. There was one play where they ran uh play action and Stafford bootlegged to the right, and a guy was blitzed off that side, yeah, just clear, untouched, and ran right past him because they'd set up <laughs> Peterson yep. so many times and he he threw a completion out to the sideline. So um it's it's clearly it's clearly paying off to be able to do that. And I think that, you know, they'll continue to do it as much as they can. Swift, you know, he had six reps. You'd like to see him maybe get Mm -hmm. on the field a little bit more. He had the nice catch and run, which, again, I think that was, if I'm remembering it right, was a really good read by Stafford. Saw the blitz coming from uh, maybe a safety um, Mm -hmm. and just flipped one out to to Swift. But he also had the play where... They, you know, Stafford tried to hit him on another hot route, and he never turned around. The ball just right. hit him in the back of the, <laughs> you know, hit him in the numbers on his back. So, you know, there's still some learning curve there, clearly going on. But, um, you know, Peterson gave him what they wanted in that game, which was to uh, kind of manage the clock, manage the game, and run between the tackles and set everything up off of that. And so, I think it worked. We haven't seen him take, you know, the downfield shots were not there again. Um, mm-hmm. So that's three weeks in a row. You know, he had three throws, three attempts beyond 30 yards total over the first two weeks. I don't, based on his passing chart that's up uh, on the next gen stats, he didn't have any except for the like free play, just heaved one up downfield on an offside that went incomplete. That was the only one he threw beyond 30 yards. But I assume that will come, you know, with, uh, I think so. With the, the guys that they have that can stretch the field, I think we'll start seeing more of those. And I guess the Hall one, too. So I guess he had two. Yeah. Um, he got the one taken away, which yeah. got called back. So, you know, he had yeah. two shots deep, uh, and both of them got wiped out. So, um, I, I think you'll start to see those come, uh, more and more, too. Yeah. I think the, the thing to remember, with the run game, like you said, the the play action stuff, what the run game does, and a lot of people I think get it twisted that, you know, you have to be able to run the ball with like effectiveness and metrics have proven otherwise where, you know, play action can work even if you're kind of just, you know, grinding meat and not really doing a, if you're in favorable down and distances. And I think that's the thing. If he's not taking sacks and if they're, if they're in manageable second downs and if they're in kind of the middle of the field and they're in between the forties, you know, they can take shots there. And, you know, those shots I think will come, you know, the more they continue to sort of hammer home, like, you know, yes, we're going to run the ball on first or second down, maybe both, Uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to be dedicated enough enough to it to put ourselves in positions where if we get into third and four, third and three, second and six, then all of a sudden now we have everything available and you don't know what we're going to do. Right. And that's where play action becomes really deadly. And I think that as time goes on here in Stafford, 
sort of settles in. That's what you're hoping for anyway for Detroit, that, you know, some of those can be found a little better. You know, Hawkinson is is popping free on those. I mean, that's that's happening. Uh, the difference has been, like you said, Chris, is the the really deep shots, the ones to, you know, maybe Marvin Jones or Galladay that we saw last year, last year where, and we did see the one to Marvin Hall, where Stafford just lets her go and see, you know, if you get somebody in single coverage deep and see what happens. And maybe we will see more of that as, as you know, those guys kind of work themselves back into the rotation or especially Galladay anyway. But, uh, you know, the, the plan overall made a lot of sense. They, they, did, they didn't put themselves, especially in those money drives, the last drive of the game and the last drive of the half were their best drives of the season. The last drive of the game was outstanding. I mean, they got the ball with, what, almost five minutes left and yep. ran the clock out. I mean, that's exactly what you want to do. Um, and everything worked. And, you know, the offensive line had its shaky moments, but they held up when they needed to hold up. It just felt like this was the best example we've seen. Obviously, they won the game in, in, in a long time <laughs> yeah. of everyone sort of being there in the moment when it's like, hey, you've had mistakes today, but right now we need you to be here. And like a guy like Vitae, for is a great example, had a bunch of mistakes, but in the last drive of the game, it was like, hey, we need if you're out here, we need you to hold up right now because we're trying to go win the game. And he did. And that's we just don't see that a lot from, from Detroit. And that that felt different. That guys sort of answered the bell. I don't know if you know they had a you know heart to heart before the game or what, but it just felt like when they were asking for I need you to be here right now, there were more answers on, okay, I got you, and uh, than we've seen in previous weeks. And I think a couple couple things for me to just on on that point before we move on i mean i think one is that you you eventually will see the downfield routes like you said like mm-hmm. we said we saw the one to hall was i mean that was a enormous play if he doesn't get called yeah. back you, you know you're at the one yard line or in the end zone right uh to take the lead but um i think those will come i also think it hasn't been at least this week. It wasn't bad that they weren't there. You know, they we're still seeing teams trying to take it away, and Stafford's yeah. just living in front of it. You know, and right. if you've got guys like Jones and Galladay and Hawkinson and Amendola, you can throw twelve yard routes all day and be perfectly mm-hmm. content with it. So I don't think you necessarily need to force um, those downfield shots. And then uh, the other thing was, you know, we've maybe we haven't quite as much as the fan base has but there's been a lot of criticism of this coaching staff for not being aggressive enough and i think a lot of that points to the defense most of the time but the vitai holding penalty puts you in second 15 with a minute 58 to go and at that point you know kind of wondering are they just going to try and milk this to get to overtime now yeah, they're in a pretty tough right. spot and they come back and they throw a yeah, it wasn't necessarily a, a shot play to TJ Hawkinson, but it was a you know fifteen twenty yard pass, and they get a pass interference, and then um, you know they're at the thirty eight yard line with a minute to go, and I think I even said in our our Slack that we had gone like mm-hmm. I don't you can't just settle for a fifty five yard field right. goal here, yeah. <laughs> and they run play action and throw to Jones for twenty, um, so they kept the the foot on the gas in that final two minutes when they you know maybe could have played it pretty conservative and either just tried to go to overtime or tried to set up for a for a long fugle and not put themselves in position to make a mistake and instead they trusted Stafford they trusted mm-hmm. Bevel and kind of kept pushing and made sure they got out of there with the win so I think 
Uh, if we're going to criticize them when they're ultra conservative, we've got to give them a little credit yeah. there for being aggressive and trying to end it when they had a chance. Yeah, and the cons- I mean they're they're a conservative offense, I suppose, uh, based on you know kind of if you compare it to what we see elsewhere. Uh, they still that I mean they're a throwback a little bit still. I mean even though it doesn't quite look like a throwback, but yes, I mean they're when the game gets tighter, they tend to get tighter. I mean we we've seen that. I mean we've talked a bunch about you know, the difference between, you know, what their first down calls look like in the first half compared to what they look like in the second half. It's oftentimes like, well, it was really unpredictable for a while, and then the game got tight and all you did was run the ball. So, like, that's, you know, sometimes sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But like you said, Chris, I mean, when it was winning time and it was time to make decisions, you know, they weren't afraid to have the full playbook sort of at their uh at their disposal, whereas in that Chicago game, it felt like they didn't trust anything they were doing in the last two minutes of the game or the last quarter of the game, really. And so that's positive, right? That at least it felt like overall everybody on both sides of the ball trusted each other a lot more in this game than they had at any point in the previous you know two weeks. And some of that, I suppose, is understandable given the pandemic and everything uh, and the offseason being kind of crazy and weird. But some of it might have just been Patricia being like, I got to stop. I got to stop being so, you know, his level, I think, of what you have to do as a player to earn his trust seems to be probably higher than it needs to be sometimes. I think if we're, if we can crit- critique that, and sometimes I think when he sort of settles in and says, let's let these guys go make plays and see what happens, it tends to pay off for them. So, you know, we talk about, again, we talk about maybe lessons learned here. Maybe that was one for everybody to say, you know, I'm going to hold it on for you. If you, if you call my number, I'm going to be there, you know, but you got to give me a chance and, Sometimes that's all it takes. So let's uh, look ahead a little bit here before we wrap up. Um, are you going to be watching the Lions game? I know you got uh, where <laughs> I have to uh, give yeah. you uh, you know tip of the cap for writing on Monday and recording a podcast before you go. Yeah, I've got some baby bomb <laughs> some time <laughs> coming up here as uh, I've got to step out for for a little bit. So I I will probably watch the game. Uh, I'll be around on Sunday, but uh, I won't write <laughs> this week. Yeah. Well, uh, good luck with the paternity yes. leave in advance. Um, Appreciate but, it. But uh, the Saints coming in. They're one and two. They're uh, they're in need of a win themselves pretty bad after losing to the Saints or losing to the Packers on uh, Sunday night. You know they they've lost a couple in a row. Uh, and as I mentioned, you know this is kind of an interesting matchup because Drew Brees. Uh, things change quite a bit if if Michael Thomas is available and healthy. Um, but Drew Brees is not just uncorking throws downfield. Right. I mean, not, not that he necessarily ever did that, but I think the. Everyone's sort of watching him now and wondering if the arm strength is just completely gone. If he has to live, you know, 10, 10 yards and in on all his throws. So uh, I'm kind of curious to see how the Lions defense uh, responds to this matchup. Um, I don't know. You got any early thoughts? You think this is a they're going to get a second it's, straight solid performance? I mean, I, I don't know. It's tough. Like when I, I was watching last night and like it still seems like to me that you know, yeah, you know, Breeze isn't like completely carving people apart, but like, like it seemed like he still had enough last night to give yeah. the Lions problems. You know what right. I mean? Like, so they can't. Like I said again, I mean, like I think that the the thing to remember there is there's probably not there's probably not any one thing you're going to be able to do to Drew Breeze to give him you know problems if he's if he's having issues with his arm or whatever. Um, you know, that's, those are things he's he's just going to have regardless of kind of what you're doing. But I think the the thing to the thing there has got to be, they've got to be a little more flexible again, right? I think they have to be more versatile with their calls. 
you know, obviously, if you can get pressure on the guy, that certainly helps. But as we've seen, you know, the Lions haven't exactly been able to dial up a ton of that in any situation. But I would think just just trying your best to give him something in certain spots where he know or he expects this is going to be your call, and you give him something different. And I think that that that's been kind of the the deal with with Patricia over the years, and even in times where they've had, you know, even in spots like last year when. They did such a nice job on taking away a lot of the stuff that Mahomes wanted um, throughout that game against Kansas City. But then when it really came time to like, okay, we you, you really need a play here. You really need something here. They would revert back, and he knew exactly what they were going to do, and he just burned them on it. Like th- Those are the yeah. moments against quarterbacks like this where there's going to be like four or five plays in that game where you're going to have to give Drew Brees something that he's not expecting. And, and you're not going to do it on all five, but like if you can get three out of those five – to you know, a critical third down or something like that, uh, to give him a look that he wasn't ready for in a time like this where things are a little choppy. Michael Thomas is still dinged up. I, I don't know. I think he maybe he's trying to play this week, but maybe he doesn't. I don't know. I mean, you know, that's obviously going to impact them as well. Um, but th- that's going to be critical. And then also, I would say, you know, the tackling. I mean, we saw what you know Kamara can do. God, if you're, he's if you're, so good. If you're not he's tackling. Insane. So. The tackling would have to be another big one, uh, you know, coming to this one. And I think most important, Chris, is, is the offense. I mean, the offense has to – we just talked about it. I mean, the offensive line has been interesting, right? It's been uh, – you know, the Vitae thing was interesting. But, I mean, there's there's still spots about that that I, I have positive vibes from the offensive line. Uh, I think the offense needs to have its best game. I think they're going to have to score in at least the high 30s here. To even have a chance, uh, they can't have empty drives. Stafford has to be his best. This is kind of one of those games. Stafford has to outduel him. I think. I think that's part of it too. I, you can't expect to shut this whole thing down. New Orleans still has too many weapons. Uh, the offense has to be much more efficient uh, if they're going to have a chance in this one. But I think you know, based on sort of the progress we saw last week, you know, maybe there's a chance that happens. But I think that's kind of what you're looking at. Yeah, and I, I'm always a little wary. I don't know why there's always such a rush to kind of eulogize these veteran quarterbacks. Yeah, I, feel I don't like either. I don't either. And I, I kind of so was guilty weird. of it for yeah, bringing right. it up now. But, you know, it feels like there's a lot of criticism on Drew Brees being washed up now. And we've, yeah, we've done this, this with Rodgers and right. Brady. And, like, we always do this. And just looking back, even at that game Sunday night, you know, yeah. Brees' quarterback rating in that game was 127.8. Yeah, he was good. He threw three touchdowns, almost 300 yards. They rushed for 6.1 yards. And if they don't decide in a clutch moment to go to their Taysom Hill package at midfield for some reason, they maybe win that game. Right. Taysom Hill comes in and fumbles, and the Packers basically milk out the clock on a touchdown drive, and the game's over. So you take that away, and they're in a different spot right now. And uh, you mentioned Kamara. That's really the big one. You know, Michael Thomas – um, if he's in is, is a huge challenge. If he's not in, you still got to deal with, you know, they got Emmanuel Sanders. They've got a couple tight ends and Jared Cook and Adam Troutman who, you know, that's not the greatest tight end duo in NFL history, yeah. but we've seen those types of guys give the Lions trouble, even in that Packers game. I did. How do you cover Kamara? That's the thing that I wonder about. He had 13 catches for 139 yards mm. and two touchdowns Sunday night. Do you can you play zone on him? Do you trust Jamie Collins to go run with him or Tracy Walker? I mean, do you have any yeah I any think, insight there? I think Walker and Collins have to be on the field like the whole game again. And Walker was he was a hundred percent of a hundred percent. You know, whatever however many snaps they had, he was out there the whole time. Uh, 
I think he has to be out there and he has to have his best game. And I think Collins has to be out there. And I just, again, I feel like this is another game where, you know, they got really heavy with the linebacker rotation in the first two weeks and they didn't in, in this one. You know, it was basically Collins in the middle with either Christian Jones or Tavai next to him. And the other one of those two was, was the Jack. So it would either be if Tavai was the Jack, then Jones would be in the middle with Collins or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And then Reggie Ragland would come in too, I think, and spell, you know, the Tavai Jones situation. But Collins played most of the game, uh, and Tracy Walker played the whole game. So those are your two guys, I think, athletically in those little spots against running backs and tight ends where they can help you a lot. And they have to be out there a lot in order for that to work. Um, but it's still going to be tricky, right? I mean, it's still going to be difficult. It's still going to be, you know, tough to sort of get, you know, everything sort of squared away with Kamara. But the, the main thing there, I guess is is that the the tackling, uh, if they are in zone, and I think that that sometimes again mixing it up and giving him more you know looks to kind of work through and and kind of uh, you know navigate around in can help. But the tackling has to be there. I mean, there were still times last week where we saw you know maybe they over pursued something or you know a, a guy instead of just sort of running through his lane and kind of leveraging the ball back toward. You know, three other guys sort of ran out of his lane and missed a tackle, and then it was an extra five yards. Like that, that stuff. That's the stuff that's going to kill you against against Kamara because if you're if you're overrunning him by an inch and letting him wiggle out of something, then he's going to turn the extra three into like thirteen, and then that's going to be, you know, a serious issue. So you know, the disciplined football stuff has to continue, and, ha- and it was better. It was better against Arizona, but it has to be you know as good as it has been all season. Or you know, or Kamara's going to run all over the place, and then. You know, you're hoping for a shootout, which, I mean, maybe you are anyway, because as we've discussed a thousand times, like defense is really hard in yeah, today's football. Right. It's not yeah. the easiest thing to do. Um, so I, I just, again, I got to think maybe something similar to last week, just kind of keep them, keep them off balance a little bit, give them something different to look at, but your tackling still has to be a lot better or, uh, it, you know, they're going to be in for, for a rough go. Yeah, and it's not a great Saints defense by any stretch it's of the not, imagination. No. So it's a you know it is one that you would think maybe you can uh, move the ball on a little bit. I don't know that it would be quite as much of an Adrian Peterson heavy game plan as we saw, but I think that that's one of the in theory that's yeah. one of the benefits of having this backfield group. You know, even even Sunday, you know, carry on. Uh, we've given him credit several times now, but whatever they ask him to do, he's going out there and doing it a hundred percent every single snap he's on the field. So he went out, he, you know, pass blocked a few times. He was the, I think he had the rub route on the he did mm-hmm. touchdown they threw early in the game. Um, he ran, he had a, he was a entire possession. Um, might have been after the Okuda interception. He had two or three runs in a row. So uh, they've got a nice rotation going there. I do think they'll have some opportunities to move the ball and. Uh, this, I mean, to get to two and two going into the bye, oh, the yeah. way this thing started, you'd My have God. to feel pretty good about it with, especially with the Jaguars and Falcons coming up out of the bye. I mean, this takes on a totally different feel if they're at two and two coming out of next Sunday. It feels like last year we were talking about the same thing. Yeah, when they got through, <laughs> it's like if they could just find a way to hang on and figure out a way to like shock Kansas city, which they almost did. You know, maybe something, maybe something clicks and everything changes, and you start believing in yourself. Because I think that that's like such a big thing right here for these guys. Like believing in yourself, believing that it's going to work. You know, has had gotten to be a thing. I think for for probably a lot of guys, where you see it not working so many times, and so many times over and over and over again, 
And a lot of that was, you know, decision making from the from the sidelines in terms of who was on the field and who wasn't on the field. Well, when you get the right eleven on the field and it works, then suddenly you start to look, you know, you're believing a little bit more in yourself. And and again, you talked about it earlier, like if you can get Trufant back in here and and give Okuda some help for crying out loud in some of these <laughs> situations. And you know, he's not a guy who I don't think struggles with confidence by nature anyway, but my God, there has to be moments in these games where he's, you know, still, you know, trying to fight through it. I mean, he's, I mean, he's been tested as much as any rookie corner in the first two games he's played as anyone I can ever remember. I mean, his first two were against Aaron Rodgers and yeah. the thousand guys he has. And <laughs> number two was Hopkins and, uh, and Carl Murray. I mean, what, you know, that's crazy. That's crazy for a first two games of your career. It hasn't gone perfectly as we've seen but he's another guy who, if you give him a chance and you get some confidence in there, he's going to make plays and he's going to help you out. And I think that as they go forward, if Justin Coleman maybe at some point can get back in here, if Trufant can get back in here, if they can you know, give some help to some of these guys and get some confidence going, then they'll have a chance. They're never going to be a dominant defense. This is not going to be a dominant defense at all. It's going to give up points. It's going to give up yards. But situationally, it could be good. You know, it could be decent, I guess. Well, I don't know what the word would be, but situationally, this defense has, its it would seem anyway, what it needs to be better than terrible. And uh, and then, then it would be right, <laughs> right back to the offensive question. Yeah. So, you know, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Matt Patricia basically said after the game, it, it was Okuda and Hopkins for most of that game when, they, even when they were in zone, I mean, Hopkins yeah. was running into Okuda's zone most of the time. Yeah. And, you know, Patricia said after the game, well, we knew they were going to go hurry up and when they go hurry up, they're going to leave Hopkins on that side. Mm-hmm. So they basically just teed up Okuda versus Hopkins All game. for the majority of that game. And if Trufant's in the lineup, that's probably Trufant. And yeah. Okuda's on the other side. And maybe takes that. I'm assuming he would start over Orwari, but I'm not. Orwari yeah, has been know. pretty that's, good. Yeah. Orwari right. has been. been good. So I don't yeah. Maybe not. Um, and Daryl Roberts has been good. So I don't know mm-hmm. that Justin Coleman's starting job is a given when he comes back either. So it, it starts to look a little. It, it, if you get those guys healthy, you suddenly go from just like when Okuda went out and you're bringing in oh god <laughs> Chris Jones, oh god. who was on Arizona's practice squad, and you, Kyler Murray immediately throws to Hopkins. You Chris saw Jones immediately misses a tackle. You you're saw Patricia's out. reaction when Okuda was like, I need a breather. And yeah. he's like, you're killing me, man. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> so, yeah. So you get yeah, those guys death. healthy, yeah, and right. suddenly you go from just kind of duct taping it together to maybe there's – at least some strength in numbers here. And I think that that helps too. So yeah, I think that, I think you're right. It's been, uh, he is, I think he is a confident guy. I think he's someone who learns from his mistakes, speaking of Okuda, but you're also at some point you're, you're getting into that territory where it's like, you know, you call up the triple a pitcher who's your yeah. high, your prospect. And you're like, well, can, if he has a seven ERA all year, is this going to be yeah, bad? Not, yeah. Right. Um, so, I, but I, I think that, I think that he will grow from, from those and they should get better with true fun out there. So, uh, yeah. I don't want to like give people too much hope and then have it squashed out immediately. Well, it was good for Sunday. people to see it work. I right. think, right? Like that's the thing. It gotten like so, and I understand all of it, and I can appreciate all of the angst from fans and the frustration. But it had gotten like ridiculous because I mean, it got to a point where it's like they just keep ha- doing the same thing and losing the same exact way, like every single time. So when you see it work, like that, at least should do something for you. I mean, it's not perfect, but again, like. I, I always go back to this when I when I when we look at these teams early in seasons. Like if you, it, it's all about sort of what if you're a fan or an observer will say, 
it's all about what your expectation was going in. Like, if you thought that suddenly this defense was going to be, like, amazing, then you're probably really having a rough time still today. But it's, you know, they can they can be effective, I think is probably the best way to put it, if they all are sort of on the same page and if they're all trusting each other. And that's some hope. I think that if nothing else, this game should give should give hope in, in that they're not the, the Lions the roster is not filled with like garbage players. They have good they have good <laughs> football players. You know, they have more than you probably thought. You know, not not as many as you'd like, right? But probably more than you thought originally over those last two weeks. And, you know, they're probably not as bad as they looked at times over the last two weeks, but probably again, not as good as maybe, you know, folks would expect or hope. Uh, sitting at this point in week three of year three of, of the Patricia Quinn era. But like we like you just said, Chris, this is the NFL. You don't know how one or two wins here or there, you know, affects a team in the moment in a year. I mean, when, when coaches talk about, you know, it's a different team, a different year, that's that's by and large true. Personnel changes so much over the years. You know, if you get guys believing in something and suddenly you steal a game or two and everything looks a lot different. So not, I'm not promising it'll happen or guaranteeing it by any stretch, but I mean, it just you know, if you can get some hope going, you know that can that can sometimes change a lot, and sometimes weird stuff can happen, and suddenly you look up and be like, "How did we win that game?" And then you move forward and you do it again, and oh, well, what's going on here? And suddenly you're a good team. So <laughs> I mean, it's not that easy, but you know sometimes it might look that way. So we'll see, but you know, hope is better than nothing, and I think that was what everybody kind of needed here. Yep. For sure. I mean, unless you're one of those truly elite teams, it's yep. pretty razor thin every week. It's a couple yes. plays here and there, and you're and the Lions just happen to have eleven straight weeks where most of those <laughs> plays went against them. Right. And now you steal one, and you kind of wonder if it, it has a chance to take off a little bit. So we'll see. Uh, another tough one, obviously in Week Four, even though the Saints uh, aren't playing the way they'd like to, that's still a good team and mm-hmm. a tough matchup. Uh, like prefer to have some fans in the building, but at least yep, you're back at probably. home. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how it turns out and what we're talking about next week. Um, again, encourage you to go find one of these years on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever. Rate us, review us, subscribe. Uh, we've still got, uh, I believe, our subscription deal on The Athletic's still running for a, a few more days here where you can get, uh, it's been a dollar per month. I think we still got that going, at least as of as the time we're recording this so uh head over there and and check that out um we've got a bunch of coverage coming out of the game the win on sunday uh i got my one-on-one with uh, adrian peterson up from friday which was really interesting to hear him kind of break down his career so plenty coming at you there too so we appreciate you listening here i'm glad we could talk about a win for you for once and uh we'll see we'll see how it goes from here on out so uh that'll wrap us up this week Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.